Hebrew scripture reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Listen for the word of God. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and God's glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephrah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Okay. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, Verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They knelt down and paid homage to him. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. May God bless hearing of his word. Sermon title is What Gifts Do We Bring? It's perfect for stewardship. I could really hammer you on giving your gifts. Um, but I want to talk about light today. Arise, shine. Your light 
has come. We live in Southern California. We live in a place where when there is not sunlight, people are almost suicidal. <laughs> I mean, during June gloom and May gray times, I see people having to hide their knives. You got three weeks of gloom, and they're ready to jump off a cliff. If there's anyone in the world who ought to appreciate Arise, shine, your light has come. It's, it's us, because we're so used to it, and yet I think we take it so for granted that when we don't have it, we just we feel wronged. Pacific Northwest in the winter is just, my parents go to Hawaii for six weeks just so that they can get some sun. Because once the clouds come in, they stay. None of this, we get rain for three days, and then boom, you're back to beautiful sun again. Arise, shine, your light has come. In our household, our, our windows face southeast. And Mary and I, we don't, we don't pull our, our blinds down at night. And so in the morning, when the sun comes up, we, we get a, a beautiful sunrise almost every day. And because of the, the lovely smog in Southern California, we get, you know, it's, there's color almost every day. And I wake up, and I look at the light, and I think, oh, it's a beautiful, and, it, and I'm right back asleep. I mean, I'm a good sleeper. God has given me the gift of being able to sleep well. And I really, truly give thanks for that, God, because my wife can't sleep very well. And once she's awake, she's pretty much that's it. When, she, when she's up, she's up. But I wake up, bam, I'm right back asleep. And on a good day, what do I do is I look at the sunrise and I give thanks. It's a beautiful day. Thank you, God, for this sunrise. That's a good day. On a bad day, it's like, you know, if the sun hadn't risen, I could sleep for another 20 minutes until my alarm went off. And I would just miss it. That's on a bad day. And yet, is that all we do with the sunlight? How many of you have seen beautiful sun? I mean, I love sunsets more than sunrises because I'm usually more awake. I'm awake for more sunsets than sunrises. But when you stand and you can watch the, the, the sun going down over the Pacific for 20 minutes, half an hour, and you stand there in awe, don't we sometimes when we, when we really take time? And when we're at our best, we just we give thanks. We thank God for the beauty of the light and, and this day. And that's almost always as far as it goes. Isn't it? Do we look for that light anywhere else? Nahum is, is a rabbi that's, that's alive today. And Nahum says that when Moses was being called by God, God appears to Moses in a burning bush, a bush that was burning was not consumed. And Moses notices the bush and turns aside. And we have to notice first. And the thing is, is that if we, if we know how to look, every bush is burning with God's presence. Every bush out there is alive with the fire of God's glory. And we don't see it. 
do we look? I don't think looking at the stars is a privileged thing. Um, stars were, were, a big star appearing in the sky was something that was always announced at some important person's birth. So that's, this could just be literary. But let's assume that there were three wise men who looked and knew how to look at the stars. I don't think looking at the stars is any different than truly looking at a mathematical equation. I'm sure, Phil, you've probably have known mathematicians who were so good at what they did that when they got to the simplistic beauty of that equation, they could see a spark of of holiness, sacredness, unity, perfection. I think carpenters who are really good at their work, architects who can really know how to design and build, touch perfection every once in a while, and, and are spurned to see something beyond. Artists can see that. Great athletes touch that in a great performance. Why did the wise men journey? They looked at the sky, they saw the star. Okay, somebody big is going to be born. Cool. Isn't that all you need to know? Isn't that all you need to know? Why did they leave their homes? And we have this wonderful crash scene up here where they show up on Christmas Eve with the shepherds and the wise men. And they're two different stories, and if you really look at the, st the story in Matthew, they probably showed up about two years after. So this star was in the sky a long time, and they made a long journey. This was a major undertaking. Why did they leave? Why were they searching? Why would you do this? This is called... Open question time. <laughs> I know, I know, this is not fair to, to launch a question like this on you, but this should not be the first time you think about something like this. This story comes around every year. You're older than five. I know for a fact that you're older than seven. So you've been thinking about this for at least five years. Five years, a good five years. They knew they were compelled. You think a child's going to be born, but do you really know? Even the very wise can be wrong. Even Phil's wrong once in a while. Once in a while. I said once in a while. And then Sharon will tell him when he's wrong, because Sharon is very helpful. They were inspired. They wanted to see the kid. They wanted to bring a gift. So they went on a journey. They took the risk of going on a journey. When was the last time you took a spiritual journey? Really? A spiritual journey of exploration where you didn't know. I mean, you could be flat out wrong. It's possible to look at the sky and misread the signs. Right? How many of you heard, well, Mercury's in retrograde this, this, this month, so don't do any financial transactions. Really? Should I not pay my bills? How's that going to help me? You know, there are, there's a chance that people could be wrong who study this stuff. They leave, they go for years in search of a child. And stars are up there a long ways. I mean, I love the, the, love the story. And it, and it was above the stable. Please. The closest star is four and a half light years away. 
that's a long ways away. It's difficult to pinpoint exactly where, what building it's over, let alone what continent, you know. So they go on a journey. And why? The stars don't tell them to go on the journey. The stars don't say, kid's going to be born, you need to go. That came from inside. First thing, you see the light, you give thanks for the light, you give thanks for the star. Second, you got to go on a journey. Am I right? What am I going to find? There's something. You probably can't identify. Mean, I don't even think the wise men could identify a motive, not because they didn't have one, but because they probably had a, a dozen reasons to go. This might have been their last chance to really do it. What do the Jews say every year? Next year in? In Jerusalem. Next year. We're not going this year. But next year we're going to go. Eventually you get to the point where it is next year. We're going to go this year. Or not. Maybe this was, they'd been waiting their whole lives. They see the sign and they go. They see the light. The bush that's burning is not consumed. But until they go, are they going to be able to see it in every other bush? I don't know. Then they show up, and they drop their gifts, and then what do they do? They leave. I mean, I've done that too. Okay, I'm going to go to a Sundance. I go, and I see this amazing experience. Cool, and now I'm gone. I'm out of here. Well, I went to this Christmas Eve service. It was totally blew me away, and I had this profound experience, and now I go home, and I don't have to think about it again. Ever had that happen? What happens after they leave? Do they take the Christ child with them? Do they learn to see what the light is inside themselves? I love what Ann did today. Where's Ann? I'm going to pick on Ann. Where is Ann? I'm Ann, and I'm grateful. I have been waiting for four years to hear that from Ann. I'm Ann Wood, and I'm grateful. Or I'm grateful that I'm Ann Wood. You know, she forgot to say her name. I'm grateful that I'm Ann Wood. It's not what she meant to say. But I've been waiting for you to say it. I'm Chris Boucher, and I'm thankful for God that I'm Chris Boucher. You know, I'm Bo and Brett, and I'm grateful to God that we are Bo and Brett together. What a beautiful thing to say. Gratitude is the first step. True, honest gratitude. And then there's something more. There is always something more to be found. And you have to seek that. And you have to risk that. And they brought the best, I mean, Mary said, they brought the best gifts they could bring. And the gifts for the Christ child don't mean that much. I mean, for the parents, it meant a lot, because they could probably live a long time on some gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and so that was really great. But it also told Mary and Joseph that in the midst of the fact that they couldn't find a place to stay, and, you know, da 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 whatever, you better pay attention, 
to this kid. You better cherish this child. The Japanese tradition, the, the, the teachers come in and, and they begin every class by bowing to their students because they don't know which student is going to end up grow up to be the master. And so they bow to the potential in each one of their students rather than the other way. Now, they probably don't all do this, but in certain, they do. We have to search, and ultimately, we need to see the light that Moses saw burning in that bush, the divine presence burning in every bush. That's why Arleth, I love Arleth. Arleth didn't do it today. She let me down. <laughs> Just kidding. But usually, Arleth is... She saw God's beauty in the flowers that had just come out, in the, in the rain, in the, you know, whatever. Arleth sees it every time she drives from Riverside. That's not always a beautiful drive for me, but it is for you. Clouds. Oh, the clouds. You see the divine presence in the clouds, don't you? I want to see like Arleth sees the gifts that we are called to bring ultimately is to take a journey when we see our star. And for all of us, that star is something different. Some of us, it's in the sky. Some of us, it's in a, it's in a mathematical equation. Some of us, it's in a painting, in the love of our life, in a child. Whatever that star is, that light, when we see that light, there's a journey to be taken. And then at the end of that journey, there's a decision that has to be made. Do we stay there or do we keep moving forward? My best friend, um, he hates this sermon because he says it so accurately describes him. He goes on the journey. He leaves his gift and then he leaves. And he says, you know what? It doesn't make any difference because I just go home. And I go back to my life, and nothing is any different. The gift that you bring is not the journey there. It's what you take away with you after giving your gift. What do you take with you? Do you take the light of God that you've found? Do you see it in the other? That strange other. Yes. That's the gift that we bring. And if you like what we're doing here, you can give your gifts to the church here. You can help us out. I got to throw that in. Help us all out. <laughs> you didn't think you were going to get off completely easy, did you? The gifts that we bring are the gifts of our lives and the gift of our passion and the gift of our purpose. And when we give that gift, boy, there is nothing we cannot do as a people, as a community, and as a world. And that's good news. Amen.